Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good evening, welcome. It's the Unwrapped Show. Feels like we haven't done one in quite a while. Um, And I've always got a few little topics floating around ready to go for you. And there's one that they've been holding me back on for quite a while, but they couldn't hold me back any longer. I've put in the title to the agenda, Manchester City, The Pub Conversation. Yes, we're going to be talking all things Man City. And yes, they are living rent-free in all LFC heads, and they have been for a while, because they are now on the only force that stands between Liverpool and domination of at least the British game for years to come. They remain hugely interesting to us. We will be discussing their season, its impact on Liverpool, and where next for them this year and beyond. We will, of course, be focusing hugely on the implications of the recent UEFA judgment against them. I will stress that no one in this room, and least of all me, needs to be a legal expert to have any... Full understanding of the appeal options open to City. We are Liverpool fans having a pub conversation about our biggest rival. We also won't look to mire ourselves in the ethical issues that surround this whole subject. This is really a show about two sporting rivals and what happens next to one of them in particular. And to dissect all this with me are Mo Stewart, Adam Melia, Mike Kearney and Ian Ryan. Lizzie producing. Right, I don't know where to start, who to start. I think I'll start with you, Mike. Because I... The, the the night this story broke, I was in a boozer and I, a text a text comes up or a WhatsApp from Neil at Co. And it just said, lad, in big letters, <laughs> exclamation mark. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I think Liverpool fans for a while, whatever happens next, will remember where they were when this news broke. That was mad, wasn't it? I, I, my first reaction was just, how, how funny is that? Like, Because <laughs> they, 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 they put a story out, didn't they? I think um, some, some, the Athletic Manchester City journalist had sort of said they were expecting it just to be you know, forgotten, or not not necessarily forgotten about, but, like, they didn't think punishment was going to happen, and then all of a sudden, six o'clock, one Friday night, and it, it just, it, it all kicks off. So, I, I was made up. I, it was six o'clock on a Friday night. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> but apparently, they'd no, City had known about it from, like, uh, three o'clock or something like that, or four, because they, they, they'd just come back from the um, the winter break that they were on, weren't they? So, like, they're all they're all sitting around thinking, oh, oh Sam, yeah, we're going to go into the, the next game here. It was West Ham that got called off, weren't it? I think they were going to go into training for that game the whole week ahead, and then, bang, you wait for just drop a little bomb on them there. Have, have some of that, swallow that, and then... They, they just <laughs> it was Valentine's Day, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was the fucking go down that route. It did, yeah, it was Valentine's Day. It rather changed the course oh, yeah, of my Valentine's, yeah. I have to say. Friday <laughs> evening news. You don't, like, it's a funny time for big news to drop, isn't it? And it's the best of, time, I think. Because the, the other one that I remember was Raoul Moat. You know, that, the, the, <laughs> yes, that yes, eventually yes. tragic standoff. I was, that was say Nicholas Nelson, that was, yeah. uh, that, that was a That was a Friday evening in the summer, and it, it's just, there's just quite a good chance I'd you might love be in the following a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the trouble with, with 
phones and all the all, all the things that you you can follow up on this. So uh, my Mrs. Michaela sitting opposite me, and, and I go, "What the fuck?" And she's going, "What?" I goes. I could try and explain how much this is, but you're not going to care. But I am going to not talk to you now for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I talked to other people on my phone and she rolled her eyes. But Mo, what was it? where were you? What were you doing? Um, did you react? I was preparing to, to DJ in motel because it's Friday were. night. Yeah. And I was debating whether or not I could put in any kind of like, it's all over now kind of type tracks. Blue Moon, the yes. remix. Yeah. Well, no, not Blue Moon, the remix. I decided not to, but it was it was one of those where I was just I was casually flicking through social media, and all of a sudden I was just like, "Hang on a minute, what?" And I looked at it, and then I had to kind of scroll down to see if other people were saying it to make sure it was real. And I was like, "Oh wow, this is real!" And I'm a all sports fan, as all you, you know, and something very similar has been happening in rugby Saracen, to Saracens, sorry. and the same kind of feeling I got when I saw that. In as much as normally with these kind of things, it's accepted that. Everyone knows that there's rule breaking going on, but there will never be any real tangible punishment because, you know, it'll eventually be debated down and appealed down to a bit of money, which is not really going to harm them. And it's not going to redress the balance from the people who feel like they've been wronged in this situation, i.e. their competitors. But that has happened to Saracens. Saracens have been relegated. And if you follow that story, the way it's happened, it's almost as if, They've had to go back again and again and again and say, okay, well, oh no, wait, we need to punish them more because more things keep coming out. And this is a situation that we might be seeing with Manchester City, whereby it's not just the UEFA punishment, that there might be Premier League punishment that comes down on top of it as well and previous ramifications from it. So in terms of how I would react to that normally, I think it was different because normally if Saracens hadn't happened I'd be still thinking oh yeah this is going to be nothing there was that um, there was like another bit of breaking news like four or five days later wasn't after City's like strong statement reaction then there was another like bit of bit of tittle tattling the journalists saying oh by the way UEFA might be looking into not just 2012 to 16 2016 to 19 I think that's what started City sort of climbed down in my opinion anyway because Soriano comes out doesn't he and puts a statement out uh, before the West Ham game in the midweek, and he's saying about how how it's um it, it wasn't necessarily using the language of like completely false and and all that. He was starting to sort of leave a door open so he can sort of have have some sort of negotiations because you wait for the sort of saying, all right, be, be be as hard as you want in your response, but we'll just have a look into the rest of you and see 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 how we'll drag you through even more. Well, that that was that was the interesting thing about it. I, I think most elucidated it perfectly there is is there's a cynicism really in, in into the past we've, we've we saw the situation a few years ago where city and psg themselves were brought to account for for, for overspending this is different we'll stress it's not for overspending so much as as for providing information that in the format or in the correct style we won't get into the detail of that but the scale of the punishment felt proportional to i think to outsiders expectations and hopes and certainly bitter rivals like our dreams but it wasn't just that there was also the, the quick follow-up of but there's the premier league investigation to come it felt it felt like even though we don't understand all the technical processes around it there's a lot to row back from for city there is rob yeah i mean my first thought i mean i think everyone's probably first thought is they're going to appeal it they're obviously going to they're not going to stand for it and maybe that's why if you're thinking about it slightly 
tactically from UEFA's point of view, maybe that's why they went with two years because they felt, well, it gives them a little bit of wriggle room. So if City do appeal it, the natural thing to think is maybe it gets knocked down to a year, but UEFA still get what they want in terms of there's a ban and City get it down to a year. So maybe they feel like they've not necessarily won, but they've got they've got it back from two years. And I think two years is I wouldn't want to say catastrophic, but but two years feels like it could do one. It could do a lot of damage to City, a whole lot of damage. Um, obviously, Guardiola came out didn't he and said um, that he's he's not going to go anywhere. Um, he's going to stay. Um, I don't know whether that would filter through to to lots of the other players because I know one or two have said, yeah, we'd be prepared to kind of stay around whether we're in the Champions League or not. I think it's very easy to say well, let's that. Have, let's come on to that bit because I actually want to drill down onto who will stay and who will go. I think at this stage, I think we can probably safely say that whatever they're saying is PR friendly yeah. and, and bearing in mind that they're, they're, their club have to fight a case. They can't go, well, I'm fucking off because it's clear that our lot are, are guilty. They're not going to say things like that at this stage, I would say, regardless of their intent. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd imagine... All the big hitters would have had a conversation with their agents almost immediately. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it would just not happen naturally. I mean, I mean, whether it's the agent pushing it or the players, that conversation would have happened almost immediately because you've got players. And I think regardless of whether City have this ban or not, there was a huge, or there was a fairly big rebuilding job on the horizon anyway. When you look at City's squad and the makeup of the squad, some of the pivotal players, the important ones, the key lads... Um, your Fernandinho's, your David Silva's, your Aguero's, even Kyle Walker, you know, they're all on the wrong side of 30. So none of those lads are getting any better. They're not going to suddenly start getting better than what they've been. The best years arguably are behind them. I think Aguero's still a very, very good footballer, by the way, but he's not going to suddenly start getting any better. So there was already a big job there to do. But then when you suddenly factor in that Raheem Sterling's starting or has been flirting a little bit with Real Madrid anyway... And I think he's a footballer who's almost got a path and a career planned out for himself. I always felt that Raheem Sterling wanted to play in Spain by the time he got to about 27, 28 anyway. And he's always, he's kind of spoken a little bit of that recently before it even got to this point where we're at now. He was talking about, well, I don't want to play in Germany, but Spain would interest me. I like the climate in Spain. Yeah, I'd be interested in a little bit of that. And then you think about, well, Kevin De Bruyne, where's he? He's suddenly nearly 29 years of age. Does he want to stay at a club that isn't going to be in the Champions League. Yeah, maybe we should go on to dissect years. this kind of thing, Ian. Well, we should do the whole thing in one paragraph. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be the Avril Raphael right now. No, seriously, Ian has actually given me a full contents page of what we're going to go through. Um, Michael, let's have a think. I mean, we're sort of touching on it already, Ian. Do we have... A f- Tuthi, do you have faith at the bar? I mean, the faith is the key word, because you can't know... Do you have faith? Have I not done Adam? No, you haven't I should done go me. to Adam. Adam. I'm sitting here seething. You did that wrong mojo before, though. I mean, that was... Ian, that's, Ian, the, Ian, that's the problem. Ian's I interrupt the flow. Right off course. Yeah, I interrupt the flow with Adam. a lol, and then everyone thinks I've spoken. That's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a hilarious joke. Yes, you're... you're, you're, you're <laughs> it's you're my quit. own fault. You're aside. Yeah, side they counted as you're getting your go. All right, I'm going to use the word... I said in the... I've used the word faith in the agenda. Do you have any faith that the ban will substantially be upheld? Um... It's interesting. I think the timing of it is interesting, um, and I think it does sort of speak to the how. I don't know whether an organisation can be angry, but UEFA are angry at, at, at City. My my Manchester City supporting friend posted on social media. People keep saying to me that we've cheated. We haven't cheated. We've lied, and then we and also possibly cheated. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but it's oh, the, I like it, him. It's the, I like him already. <laughs> it's the lying aspect. Because that's that's really 
you know, if you talk about you, you could maybe do some sort of crime, that's bad. But then if you lie about doing the crime, that compounds it. And, mm, and so in, in a legal sense, lying is almost worse than the thing that you, you, you did in the first place in some instances. And I think that... As Ian said, the fact that they've come out with this two-year ban does suggest that at least at least something will have to happen because because that's that's a precedent that we've seen before when you give somebody a two-year ban and then and then it gets reduced to one sort of transfer window bans. I think that timing-wise, though, it couldn't have come at a worse time for Man City. Um, it, they, uh, they, there is there is a rebuilding job to do, but also. As we've seen from from our links, and you know, you, as you will, will well know from your uh, from from your transfer shows, Rob. Now is the time when phones are ringing. You know, this is when yeah. this is when deals are getting done, and whatever whatever's going to happen. I mean, the fact of the unsureness. City need this wrapped up soon, really, because the unsureness will have stopped phones stopped City. Stop phones ringing in 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 city headquarters. Every conversation is caveated. Yeah, having. yeah. So 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 they 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 might have had deals nearly over the line as sort of we think we've got going on with um with with Werner and people like that, and and city city will will have, have, have be, be having those conversations as well. Of course they will, but those those conversations now just become that much harder. And you know the thing where they used to have to pay. They used to have to pay so much over the odds, didn't they, to, to to get players over the line? It might be back. They might be back in that place now because I think they'd sort of they'd sort of managed to to, to get to a bit of a norm, more normal transfer fee situation, um, get parity with a lot of other clubs because of being because of being brilliant, basically. But there was a there's a catch twenty two in that, which we'll go on to, and Ian alluded to as well. Yes, they should have to pay more because because they come because they're baggaged, but. The scrutiny that will follow will restrict their ability to pay more. Yeah, the knock-on effect is is what what whatever again whatever happens, there's there's knock-on effects for years to come, and and this is the whole point of FFP, and really the whole point of why they cheated in the first place, isn't it? Probably because they needed to they needed to pay that extra, which they probably couldn't afford to get to the level where they're at now. But getting there maybe as as proved to have been not unfair, which. Everybody probably thought anyway. <laughs> Which is the entire premise of the project. Yeah. Mo, what, look, um, as again, a caveat going, I was saying none of us, none of us pretend to be experts or legal experience, but I know you've done a bit of re- reading around it. What's your take in, in how this plays out now? Take being the operative mm. word and what other possible sanctions could they face? I think Adam's point about the timing is really interesting because what would normally happen and what we've seen happen in other instances is it getting buried in appeal and counter appeal and then suddenly it becomes minimised and then just the, the story is kind of pushed out at a later date. Oh, well, they got fined. I think that's kind of how it went with the first time. Obviously, the fact that the leaks have come out and the fact that <laughs> these leaks have made things a lot harder to lie about means that it's a lot more likely sanctions are going to happen. But we can't have that time. They don't have that time because it's not just Manchester City's phones that are going to be ringing. It's the, all the teams in and around fifth place in the Premier League because we don't know what fifth place in the Premier League means right now. Mm. We don't know whether that means Champions League. We don't know if it means Europa League. And... Not only the teams in and around that, but all of the other teams who are still trying to get into that. We talk about four, five, six teams, summer transfer plans, which are currently got asterisks by them because of this particular ruling. And so because of that, that means that there's going to be pressure on not only on UEFA, but on the Premier League from all of those teams to say, look, we need to do something now. And I think that increases the chance of some kind of ban, whether it's, uh, as we've kind of all alluded to, the idea of having one year and then maybe another year suspended and then a fine. I think that's probably where we're 
most likely to end up getting to. But from Manchester City's point of view, in terms of how they then start their rebuild, it's a very, very, very difficult question because the thing that they have the ability to do that they just haven't been doing is sell players for big money. In terms of what do they do if they want, they can't just pay more for players because they'll maybe get into FFP trouble again. That's the way out of it for every other club is to sell assets for big money to then use that to regenerate your team. And you mentioned at the top of the show there, this is a team that needs regeneration that has been planning for regeneration at this point for at least the last two years, I think. So there's no way they can just junk those plans. So it might be that we see a maybe a one or maybe even two sacrificial lambs leaving that city squad. The, this the timeline is interesting because I think a lot of financial experts who've been on various shows, whether it be Sky, whether it be BT, whether it be at the Anfield Rap, they've said that City, even if they take it to Cass and don't get the result they want, they could then take it to the Swiss courts mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, God knows how long that takes to go through that process as well. But you've got to feel that UEFA must have a very, very solid case to even go near this in the first place because I think it might have been Kieran Maguire who was on the Anfield Rap said, if... City win this, they could take UEFA down. It's it's that big, you know what I mean? If UEFA lose the case, it's it's that big that their whole process is, you know, it, it could crumble. So UEFA must have it on very, very solid ground that they think there's an absolute case to answer here. And part of City's defence seems to be that, well, the emails have been leaked or the emails have been hacked. Well, that's not really a defence, you know what I mean? I mean, I, th- I think people will talk about whether... FFP is is fit for purpose and some people will say it's flawed and I, and I get the flawed arguments but what you can't defend is that City and everyone else has signed up to this yep. they've all agreed to be part of this process so you then City can't go well absolutely yes. but but we but, but they all have and then you suddenly can't decide well you're going to go against that so it does feel like there's a there's a really robust case in place here and as I say whether it's a two year or a one year ban it's still going to hit the club so so hard Mike, I mean, there's, there's even been speculation about points deductions, whether they would apply this season, next season. But one thing's been mooted, which I think tickled as much as anything Liverpool fans, was, be, was because the, the, the offences, in inverted commas, took place between 2012 and 2016, that City might be stripped of stuff, like, from a Liverpool point of view, the 2014 uh, title. That would be, I still can't get my head around, A, if that's even possible, and B, quite emotionally how we'd feel. I almost feel that we definitely would have to have a parade. We definitely have to bring Brendan back. Raheem would have to put on a, a red shirt again. It actually might be the best thing we'd ever won. Uh, do you know what? I, I think that that all depends on on UEFA sticking. I think Ian's right. UEFA have got to be supremely confident to, to have brought it out in public now. So if it sticks, then the Premier League are in a position where well, if they don't pull their finger out, it, it's going to look like they're um, not really playing by the same rules as what UEFA are. So it, it has to stick. If it does, then then you're into that conversation of titles being stripped, you know, point, uh, points docked, I think, at V, which, which results to titles being uh, stripped. So uh, for me, it just I'd just be angry that it, we missed out on. Because we, we, they've lived the experience of winning the league that year, and we lived that experience of not winning the league. And for, for so long now, six years, it, it's been... If only we'd done this differently or that differently. Henderson got sent off against against City in the three-two win, and people, like a lot of a lot of the players in that team 
and I'm, like his manager himself say that that's a that's a big part why we didn't win the league. Yeah, then you've obviously got the the you know the Chelsea Gerrard slip thing. We've had that for for all this time and and not lived the experience of winning the league. And if if you tell if you turn around and tell me yeah we won that league, it's 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 on paper really because it we've li- we've already had the experience. As much as I'll probably be made up, it is still if I was I'm just put yourself in Gerrard's shoes there or any of the players' shoes. It's a bit like oh you know we sort of finish seconds and okay if it is to be that it's overturned because rules were broken therefore they won these titles not fairly it's still it'd be boss but it'd also be a little bit bittersweet yeah it's bittersweet is the word I'm probably looking for it's right in town lad isn't it we would have to honour it, I think. If they could I, award it on July the 15th, you know, when it's when you're right when, in the middle yeah. of the off-season mm, yeah. and you could do with an excuse. Oh, so to come out <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't want it to be your first one, would you? You, you wouldn't no, want to win no. it in that way. The fact that, obviously, we're going to win it this oh, year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you probably would, to be fair. But, you know, I mean, the fact that we're going to go and win it this year... If you were then to be given I know, a title or two, then, you know... Doesn't that mean Man United get one or two more? Well, yeah. Of course yeah. they would, yeah. I, I, I just think that... caution. Do they? <laughs> they finished oh, twice. Yeah, they, 12, yeah. they? they finished second to City twice. In 12-13 yeah, on goal difference, weren't they? Yeah. And oh, and 17-18, but that's well, not don't in the we then get, Don't we get last? Not. Do we get last season's back? Well, if we get 14, I want, I want last year, because last year... <laughs> yeah. Last year we're European and league champions. What a season. And we get the oh, League Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the League Cup. <laughs> but you know, it's what it brings into focus, Adam, what a sort of sliding doors moment the whole City project mm. was for for the top level of English football. And this is almost, go, go, you know, at the time, we felt without, I don't want to get into the, into the ethical, moral, and the sort of which capitalism is good, which capitalism is bad story. Mm. But it felt like at that time it was an epoch-defining, rebooted the entire competition, didn't it? And now this is sort of like making us trawl back over that and think about how lives might have been different. Times we could have qualified for the Champions League had had Mm. one less big club been in the mix, things like that. Yeah, I, and and that's why really I think that that taking it back to something like 2014 is is madness. Really, it's like I, I just I I'm not I couldn't I couldn't subscribe to that at all. I wouldn't mind, you know. Uh, I would, I would quite like the ceremonial handing over of the medal from James Milner to Raheem Sterling. That might, maybe everybody would be happy. If Ceremony just... on St George uh, Hall Plaza. Yes, maybe, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would probably if if I mean if we went that far, which I don't think it will, just have it empty in the record books, maybe just just uh, I think just that's the best way to do just it. Yeah. Just, just, just some sort of I, I just white it. line of shame. <laughs> it, it, it'd be interesting to get like a take off. Like say Steven Gerrard, for instance, would it would it mean anything to he, him? I think he would. Like I think when you if they asked him about it when he was in the Ranger press conference and he was like it was kind of a joking thing, but he was like, I am very interested in how this comes out. Because if you think about Ooh. I mean, you've read the books that we've written, yeah. read the books that he's written about exactly what went on around that Chelsea game in particular and what he put himself through to get there and how much that has affected him since. I mean, he's been quite open with how mm. much he struggled with it. For, and he still struggles with it yeah. to this day. Like, I mean, when he was doing the thing with Gary Neville not long ago, you can still see it's still in him, still burn him. And that's the point that will... I yeah, mean, it's, a good, it's this guilty man redemption. It's like if you've been put away in jail and suddenly you're pardoned. Yeah. Okay, it's different because you get your liberty back. But also people say, you didn't cost Liverpool that. Yeah, yeah. You and, didn't. And, and I think, I, I agree with you, Adam, in terms of being able to celebrate it as a title alongside others of the past. I just don't think that's possible. I don't think it's going to be valuable. In terms of being able to right that particular wrong, 
I'm all for it, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather they face points deductions for the next five years and, um, and we're out of the picture. But like, all, all, all messing aside, let's let's get back in, in the immediate and, and think about where this app actually leaves Man City. You've alluded to it, Ian, before. There are conversations being ha- happening, but whatever happens now, however they get on with Cass or the Swiss Supreme Court, there's a general toxicity around the club that goes contrary to all Mansour's uh, best wishes and intentions for this project. It was always meant to be, in, the, in a very broad sense, a PR exercise for, for the nation state of Abu Dhabi. Um, and now it's tarnished. And is it irrevocably tarnished, I would ask you? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's whether it's com- completely tarnished. It depends probably what side of the fence you're sitting on, to be honest. I think, you know, it would be interesting if it was us, because I think then you'd have a, a very different reaction from maybe other other fans and stuff. Um, I think the fact that it's Man City, yeah, it's, it's obviously big news and stuff, but I think it, I wouldn't say it gets swept under the carpet, but I, I don't think it's completely tarnished. I think clubs can always use that as a bit of a stick to beat you with and say, well, yeah, you won those trophies because you were financially doping, etc. But I don't think it is, and I don't think, I don't think, Guardiola would see it that way either. I think that's why he's probably committed to to maybe staying. And maybe there's a point to prove for him because he often gets, and I don't necessarily agree with it, by the way, but he often gets accused of being the manager he is because he has the financial backing. And so that's probably true. But the reason he gets the top he jobs is... It, well, yeah, but the reason he gets the top jobs because he's a really good football manager and he, and he does make players better. Obviously, the money always helps. If you can go out and spend 50 million quid on fullbacks where they don't work, of course it helps. Um, yeah. But, but I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case where it, it is completely tarnished. But there's no doubt it does, have a, it does have an impact in stuff. You know, it's not what they wanted for the football club. They didn't want people to be viewing them in this current manner. They wanted to almost be like this, I don't know, unbelievable story where they've come from nowhere. But it was never that, was it? People in the know. We, I mean, even just, you know, football fans who take a, a kind of half an interest in footy. Everyone knew City were kind of not necessarily playing by the rules. I think that was widely accepted. But you never felt for one second that it was going to end up in a two-year ban because you just thought, well, FFP, yeah, it's something people speak about, but is it actually really ever going to be enforced? Well, well, now it has. So it is a bit of a game-changer, to be honest. And I think it's, if you kind of play it back to Liverpool a little bit, it's always interesting where you think, well, probably in years gone by, our owners took quite a bit of stick. And I have to be honest, at times I felt, well, are they doing the, the right things? And it probably turns out they were because mm. they were obviously not just thinking about flushing it full of cash and trying to to kind of do it that way. They've, they've obviously built in a, in a slightly different way. Jürgen's obviously bought into that as well, which, which I think why it was probably a, a perfect kind of marriage, really. It worked well. They both understood um, how they were going to operate and how they were going to move the club forward. So it's not impossible to do it that way. Liverpool have organically grown and obviously, you know, we're, we're reaping the kind of benefits of that now. Um, I don't think City, you know... They were never going to get to where they are without that cash injection. And I think that's when where Gary Neville talks about the system being flawed. I think he's coming at it from an angle of, well, if anyone ever wants to to get to the point where they're overthrowing a Liverpool or a United or a PSG or, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, then you've got to have an owner and you've got to inject loads and loads of cash. Um, but obviously for City, it's, it's, it's not worked out that way. And as I say, I think from what happens now is the real interesting bit because as I said before, there's now an opportunity for one or two players to look at it and think, you know what, maybe I'm best served at you know, spending the next two or three years at a different club. Look at Bournemouth. Bournemouth were took over by like a rich fella when they were down in League One, I think. Possibly League One or League Two, I can't really remember properly. But if you ask fans of lower league clubs, they'll say, look at Bournemouth are where they are because they, they literally bought all the players that were the best at that level, gone up a level, the best at that level. Now they're in the Premier League. 
it's not really properly worked out for them. But it, compared to like a a Carlisle, who's probably never going to be in the Premier League for for a long, long while, unless Everton just starts going really well for them and they start growing, that's not going. Things like that will never happen. And Bournemouth got in probably at the right time, really, where FFP wasn't a thing until they were sort of in the Premier League, and, and that's a, that's on a, a much lower level than what than what City have done and and, and PSG. Um, but it, you know, it, it it's not just them sort of teams that have, have sort of manipulated football for, for their own benefit. But that's an interesting point. I didn't want to get bogged down into into the what's the right and wrong thing to do. But interestingly, when it happens at the lower level. The teams that are able to spend well above their peers get out of that division and then don't become your business anymore. At the top level, with Abramovich and then City, they come in. They came into a competitive field, as it were, and just pushed everybody back down. When you come from, the, if you come in at the in the lower division, you're not pushing everyone back down. You're just escaping everybody else mm-hmm. until that point. It's all a question of degree. I mean, you know, this is a question for another show. Maybe after all, all the. All the dust is settled. We can have this discussion. Um, I've got my own personal views on it. Others won't agree. But as has been said before, Adam, in, in the show, there's a perfect storm for City in the timing of this. This has been a season of decline for them in relative terms. Notwithstanding, they could yet end in madly still treble success of a sort. Their drop off in their status as the country's best team has been massive. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they I think, still are favourites for the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's the you know interesting in itself, and um, they, they've they've always managed to mess themselves up in that competition. So, who knows whether they'll they'll um, get through this time? Uh, we're recording this just before they play Real Madrid. Yeah. Which is an amusing one because they are if anybody's team UEFA, then it's Real Madrid, isn't it? You know, if they think Liverpool get good Go decisions UEFA. from referees, UEFA. then Real UEFA. Wait till you meet this lot. Um, so yeah, it, and and the I mean on the pitch wise. It's it's we're in an interesting point now, and it's an interesting point in every season, isn't it? Because you kind of you you feel like the season's taken a shape, but you still don't really know how it how it pans out. And we at the moment, I don't feel like I quite know how bad or otherwise City are. Mm. Um, I think that they're they're obviously not going to catch us, and but but yet they you know I still sort of expect them to 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 win almost every game they play. Um, and so in sporting terms it's been a humiliation what's happened this season yeah yeah and and, know they could win the European Cup yes I know and and I really I think I think that's it's it's an interesting question because I've got really no idea and if I was if I was a City fan I I would be I would be quite confused I think at the moment Mm. and they talk about I mean they they did they weirdly don't like the Champions League anyway don't they maybe that's always been part of it maybe it's always been mixed up in their feelings towards UEFA is that you know that they, they think it's a tin pot organization and they're you know they're a bigger made of bigger and better stuff funny how when you've been told they can't play in it though they really 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 want to play in it yeah and I, well I mean they're probably yeah they've got some idea of winning it and then not not accepting the trophy or some nonsense <laughs> like that um, but yeah they, they, if it, it is it, but it gets to the point like you were saying where they are where we're talking about super mega organizations and it's almost that it, it, it this is existing on an organizational level if I was a city fan or employee, I'd be saying, "What's the difference between what we did and what PSG did?" It does probably come back to the lying thing. Um, but that that what City don't like about UEFA is that they're they're also a massive money making organisation. So they're a football arbiter, you know, they're a, they're mm. a body uh, that who organises competitions. But yet they are also a, su- a, a super a rich a super rich corporation. So. That that I, I I don't think that's right to be honest. It doesn't seem doesn't seem like that the the, the person who organises the competition should be, have such 
such sort of financial influence on the world. Uh, you know, almost it is political, political as well as everything else. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've sort of skirted around the sporting issue because I don't know. I mean, I, I'm 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 not sure what happens. I, I, it'd be interesting, for example, you know, if we if we if if we end up drawing them in the FA Cup, if we end up you know playing them in the Champions League. I still think it's just as tough, um, and, and uh, uh, so it, I do think that may, there may be that, that. What Guardiola will be saying is that you know they need to have a sting in the tail. They need to be. He, he loves a siege mentality anyway, so he'll want it, be wanting to sort of stamp on everybody just to sort of you know emphasize emphasize the, the, the sporting point behind what you know the, the, all all the, the other nonsense really. If I if I'm I'll come to you a second here. So we're going to mow on this one. You, uh, Adam mentions Guardiola. I can't help but feel that he is the pivotal figure in what happens next for City. He's he's a, they brought him in for a reason t- because they wanted the sheen of Barcelona on them, and, and bringing him in was was a, 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 all but literal way of doing that. He he has a reputation for in, for integrity, for being a master of his craft. If he stands by them, it feels like and and for now more than a, say a couple of years or so, two three years, it feels as though. He, he, they're they're anointed, they're blessed, they're pardoned to whatever degree they're punished anyway. If he leaves, it feels their project again. Whatever happens next in terms of the literal punishments, a lot feels a lot tougher for them. I think in a lot of ways, him leaving at the end of this season would be arguably oh, a bigger punishment, certainly than yes. anything financial that they were given. Personally, I don't think he will. I think he's probably going to stay uh, from what he's already said so far, but. In terms of, like you were saying, the difference between the reality of being found guilty and what it really means, I think from the perspective of the Abu Dhabi projects, they can very much kind of just play it low key, forget about it, not really talk about a lot of things for a couple of years and then come back and their reputation won't have taken that much of a hit. In terms of the sporting project, in terms of the City continuing to be at the very top of the elite teams, if they if Guardiola leaves right now, that is basically a signal to a lot of other people who are thinking of going to think, or maybe not. And if he stays, I think he is the key because in terms of being able to persuade new players to come, he is still a massive draw. And whatever you say about who may or may not leave and what the team may or may not look like, if you've got Guardiola still a very rich team, and even if they have to stay, be very strict within the FFP rules, they still have the ability to be a very rich team. They still have the ability to play good wages, a competitive elite player wages. So they'll still have that on their side. And I still think people want to go there. I think people want to say, if there is going to be a rebuild, and I think, as I've said before, I think that this is going to be the summer where they were planning to do a big rebuild. If you're a player, particularly ones after the fact that we've had got two international summer tournaments this summer, it's going to be lots of players who are going to be newly putting themselves in the shop window or maybe trying to manoeuvre to a big place. City is still going to be seen as a big place within that fit. What I think is going to have to happen, though, as I mentioned before, I think it's going to have to sell some players. I think there are some guys who I don't think will leave. Like, I don't think De Bruyne will leave. I think he seems to be character-wise the kind of person who will say, you know what, you guys have kind of taken me on at a time when no one else was looking at me, made me the the reputation of player I am now. I'm going to stay here for a little bit longer. The players who I think might leave, 
Aguero, obviously, because he was going to leave anyway, so it was just a case of bringing it forward a year. Uh, Sterling and Bernardo Silva. Those are the two. I mean, like I say, we've already seen them speaking about it. I think... David Silva goes anyway. Yeah, David mm. Silva goes anyway. So he was to go as well, wasn't he, last summer? So yeah, Sane, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, Sane, yeah. Sane. Sterling, if it was Liverpool, then I think we would we would probably sell Sterling and buy two two players. Mm. You know, that's, that's what Liverpool would the, do, isn't the it? The thing is, I mean, when we you... did. If you listen to, like, Carragher and Neville, and I, when they speak about careers and stuff, I think a lot of modern footballers feel like the careers are defined by the Champions League. And for Kevin De Bruyne to go through his whole career and not win... That trophy, but I think that's a huge thing for him. I think he's going to seriously have to think about, given the ages he is, and I think he's twenty nine in the summer. That's a huge thing for him now to suddenly say, "Well, I'm, I've got no interest in winning the Champions League." Well, no, he's at City. He probably isn't going to win it unless, and this is the big thing, and this is another point that was made um, by Carragher. It's bonkers that they are still in the Champions League because it is going to be unbelievably humili- humiliating to everyone concerned if City go on and win the trophy this year, then, then what happens then? If they win it this year, I think there's more chance of people like him leaving. But I genuinely believe that, I mean, I guess he is getting towards the career, the peak part of his career. But if you asked him, do you think you'll still be an elite player at 31, 32, 33? He'll tell you, yes, he will. And so he'll say that to, if, if it is two years, I still don't think it will be two years. If it is two years out of his career, I think it, he will believe that City will have what it takes to be back at that elite point at the end of those two years. I mean, I'm not going to say 100% definitely not. I just think that my instinct is it will take a lot for someone to get him this summer. But a big part of this is Guardiola, as you've mentioned. And I think he is he is, you know, he is the heartbeat. Essentially, people want to go there because obviously the money in the first instance is how they were attracting players before Guardiola. But now, it's, now Guardiola's there. Players want to play for him. Mm. And I don't think he's going to commit past... Two or three years, he's never done it anywhere else. So I, I couldn't. I think he'd only almost do it out of an obligation to the owners, and I'll, I'll stick with this—not a sinking ship, but I'll stick with this through the kind of tricky waters and stuff. Mm. Once he goes, I think City are a totally different beast. To be honest, I thought he was going to go in the summer. You know, before the, all this broke, I thought Guardiola might might be off. I sort of don't think so anymore. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have thought. I an, another year, I, I think he will. I think what makes what, what makes Guardiola go? How, how bad's the sanctions that makes Guardiola go? Say if they say it's a two year ban and they're not going to, but say if they go right, two year ban and you're in League Two. It's not a two year ban from Europe, then is it? Mm. It's like a six year mm-hmm. ban. Because minimum, you, you, if if that is the worst case scenario, it's probably not going to happen. It's fanciful. It'd be fucking boss if it did. <laughs> but it, if that happens, then I, I, why would you stay with Guardiola? Or, or I, I think, or I think for him, Mike, isn't it a question of? He's a man very proud of his record. He's built his reputation. He's won trophies in Spain on an epic scale. He's gone and won the Bundesliga in another country from scratch. He's gone to the Premier League, bossed mm-hmm. that. But, but now his bossing in the Premier League has been tarnished, tainted, whatever word you want to use. Does he not, is he not more increasingly like to go, sod it, I've always, I wanted to go to Italy, I'm going to go to a league where, I mean, short of going to joining Liverpool, mm-hmm. is he not better off jumping ship, going to a league where he can win trophies on the, on the straight and narrow? Perceptually, anyway. Um, What's that about Italy? I don't know. I, 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 I can see him staying, you know. But I, I can see okay. him staying. I, I, if he does go, where, where, where does he go? Back to Barca? Juve. Italy? Seems like Juventus. Juventus. Like, Juve, Juve, yeah. Are they going to make a big play for him? I think the thing for me, though, is because you mentioned all of that, his integrity and that kind of stuff, 
he wouldn't want, he's less likely to want to leave now because it's mm. basically admitting that everything that was before is tainted. He's still going to come out and say, whatever the real regardless is, is that, oh, yeah, yeah that, that I know my players and my team and the, the work that we did to win the league was still going to be valuable. And that becomes stronger if they win it next season after all of this has happened. Yeah. If he leaves now, it's really hard for him to argue against the fact that all of what he's done at City has been tainted. And I think that in terms of his own personal um, integrity and in terms of his own personal judgment, I think that's probably strong. When does he come I, in at City? Because they're saying 2012, 17, 2016. 13, was it? No, yeah, Guardiola, 17. This is 16, 17, 17 season yeah. Guardiola starts, isn't it? Yes, sorry, that's and the he finishes he fourth. Yeah, so 17, 18, he, he, he can second it. Oh, look, I, I, I came and only found out this. He, he, he's clean himself, really, isn't he? Even though... Oh, yeah, he, yeah. Even he's clean, but like, he's a beneficiary. But he's arguably a beneficiary. Yeah, of course, yeah. Wasn't. All the players are, all the managers, are, all the staff. Everyone who's there, a part of it now, is a beneficiary of you know whatever's gone on. I think I, I sort of think that, that I agree with Mo that that, um, that that I think he's sort of almost more likely that, that, to, to to stay to stick it out another year. There's also there's a, there's, there's a part of me that thinks I wonder whether this is the sort of. You see, see, like City aren't a, a, a great club in in the eyes of the world, but and I think one of the things that great clubs seem to have had is like a period of adversity. And I always think that there's a there's a future where this could, one way or the other, be the, like the making of them, and they'll be trying to tell that story of yes, we did, you know, we went through this, and there was, you know, whatever it, they, they had to do to fight their way to fight the way to clear their name. You know, it's, it's like a Hollywood more... aspect, and I and and I and I think that that will be. Something that Guardiola will be trying to do. I don't think he'll be there to see it out, but there is there is a version of this. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I was going to ask a question, which I'm not going to. I'm not going to really go around answers. I'm trying to be in their shoes. Yeah, no, no, I get it. And can 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 you motivate? Can you increase the siege sense of siege mentality between now and the end of the season? You probably can, but I bet it's got a shitty siege. This if ever there was one. I don't want to finish and ask you all. Sieges aren't meant to be nice. No, I know. Yeah, but you know, it's a siege mentality. Siege mentality is actually from a very low moral low low ground, if you should say. Okay, just we'll quickly we'll quickly go around the table and touch on this. Siege mentality in reality, though. I'm starving. I've ate the cat, but I feel I feel vindicated. <laughs> you had to come in little shit. Um, I'll start with you on this one, Moeshi. How will City's woes be affecting conversations behind the scenes at their nearest and dearest rivals, us Liverpool, right now? Do you think? Um, will we have blinkers on, or do you think we'll be going? Aha. I think that there won't be any official conversations regarding the Manchester. They won't be doing what we're doing now. Do you not think around with, with the cigars out in the boardroom? In I, th- I think I think that it will maybe drip into things that are already happening. So we'll already be having all of our plans, and it might be the case that there are certain players who we're after who we already know or have good information that Man City are also after. It may make those negotiations easier, make our life a bit easier. I think at this stage, we cannot plan for what eventuality is going to be because we don't know. No, we we need we need to obviously we need to have the flexibility to say, well, if City are selling everyone and dropping down, then we can go this way, or if it's going to be the same, then we can go this way. But I don't think those conversations and plans have really started yet, not on the record anyway. What's your feelings, Ian? Um, I'm, I kind of agree with Mo. I think I don't think it's going to change anything dramatically. I think Liverpool are, are structured in a way now, and I, 
are very, very well planned. Where in terms of like targets, for instance, transfer targets, they already know who those are. They'll have mm. been, they've been looking at them probably for two years. So I don't suddenly think this information suddenly changes that unless there's a a player. I can't really think of one off the top of my head who, who maybe both clubs would have been going for, but I, I'm not really seeing a scenario where you say Sancho, but he's, he's been there, so would he have gone back to? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, Werner's one. I mean, City. I said before they've got a fairly big rebuilding job right through the right through the pitch. I suppose. Um, but do Liverpool do things like say, say they were going to spend modestly? Do they? Is there is there a temptation to so, foot to the throat time and go and to really push away if you like and to to make sure City cannot cannot just make it an even contest again. I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm you can argue it, Rob, but I, I, I don't say it. I mean, obviously, you know, Mel did a, a, an article, didn't she, in the Independence, <laughs> and again, it, it kind of leads you away from thinking that. You know, again, they're very fixed on a certain type of player. I think you're going to talk about game changes and stuff, and that's when they go into the market and it leads you down the path of maybe a winner or someone like that. I think Liverpool are extremely kind of well-planned and they know what they're about, and I think there's a, a very certain type of player, certain type of personality that this club wants, I don't suddenly expect them to DB from that just because of the news about City. Okay, um, I think that's enough. I think we could have easily done a part two on this one. I've overrun. Liz has given me a look. Um, the, <laughs> if you want to hear far more expert commentary on this, Andy uh, Heaton of these parts has done a fantastic uh, podcast with Kieran Maguire, who is himself from the Price of Football podcast and a football finance expert. Check that out. It's available on all platforms. I hope you've enjoyed our elongated pub conversation thanks to ian thanks to mike thanks to adam and thanks to mo and thanks to lizzie for producing we'll see you again soon sports social podcast network